What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I got stuff for you. Holy moly. I need to get some snakes and release them around my house. Uh, but I love eating people. I love eating kids. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. corn, corn. Every day that you open your mouth, I know, right? I'm more convinced that you're abducted by aliens. <laughs> no. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the? These are idiots. I was laughing reading this because I already knew how you would feel. Idiot. What part <laughs> of the story fits your balloon? Well, this isn't a UFO. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. Well, everyone, I think we know exactly what it is. So say it all with me. It was the Santo Crane. Would you try it? No. You wouldn't eat it? No. Why? Because they're probably toxic. There'd be a lot of poop in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. Langford was there that night. He was 12. Now, for the first time ever publicly, he recounts what happened. All I seen was uh, just what they looked like, uh, well feet, well hands, pointed ears, and uh, big round eyes. And they was about three foot tall. And uh, they had silver uniforms on. First of all, my mother's uh, first one that seen them. Uh, she uh, was looking through the window, uh, you know, window glass, and one come up at the window and my mother hollered so my half brother he came in there with a double barrel shotgun and I shot him but it took it just just knocked him down saw it done and got up and that was it uh didn't didn't hurt him didn't faze him a bit another creature on the roof grabbed at the hair of Lonnie's half brother he fired 
but to no effect. I wasn't a 12, so I just felt, just felt scared, you know, really. Uh, we was all pretty shook up. If I remember right, we... Uh... Oh, dang. Okay, so the, first of all, what an awesome new intro, Season 5. Got to acknowledge that first. High energy, it's fun. Second of all, I'm J-Clone91. And I am the great and powerful mystery. Oh, dang. Probably got a little bit of back feet on that one with how loud that was. It's very powerful. No, it's season five opener. New intro. Woo, woo. But that video we just listened to. No, that's today's topic. Well, that audio, I guess. Well, yeah, that was a video for us, audio for you guys. Now, today's topic, We're, if you're new here, the season openers are heavy hitters, are famous ones in the field, and today is no exception. The Hopkinsville Goblins. Yes. Hey! Is that what they sounded like? That's what I sound like. When you see one? Exactly. Yeah, you're like, uh, you got the vapors. I, oh, did Lord, I have the vapors. Hey! No, thank you all for joining this uh, season five intro, season five opener, all this stuff. We have so much amazing episodes planned for season five. Crazy uh, biological stuff coming up relatively soon, more UFOs, all of it. Big giant crocodiles, probably some more snakes here and there, Oh, and just plain intermetral shenanigans. Oh, my favorite. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the season closer for season four. That was a lot. Yes, they that, always are. Yes, they always are a mountain I to already climb have over. Season five closer plans. Oh, good. And it will be the biggest one ever. Oh no! They keep getting bigger. These are brutal. Mm-hmm. Bigger and bigger and bigger. But that's not what we're here talking about. We're here to talk about some goblins. Yeah, Hopkinsville goblins. Speaking of goblins, the new Hopkinsville goblin T-shirt is available on the website today. Oh, today debut yeah. debut. Uh, so go to just the Crypts of the Corn dot com into the merch section and there's t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves. But if you want the Hopkinsville kind of Goblin stuff on any other products, just let me know and I'll add it for you. Just message us on the website. Yeah, or anything. Just message get a hold of us and I'll add it for you. Email. But it's me and me and the clone master Jay fighting the goblins. Oh, good. Have you seen it yet? Have no, you seen the art? I have not. Oh well. Do we got really like cool. laser guns and stuff? We got shotguns. Okay, cool. Oh wait, 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 yes, wait, you wait, have. wait. You did show me. Never you just mind. never I just forgot. Before we really get into the season opener, I'm super excited. This is like one that's been thrown around there for a while. And I actually found misinformation that gets spread around about this a lot. Just like Chupacabra, Wendigo, all of our season openers. There's always some kind of weird string that once you pull it, you start realizing there's more stuff behind the curtain. Mm. So what do you know about the Hopkinsville Goblins before we really get into it? To be honest, absolutely nothing. What I the most I know about them is literally what we just listened to in that video right there of that guy describing what he saw the the, the ears, uh, what intrigued the height three feet tall. What intrigued me was the little silver suits he was talking about. They were wearing little silver outfits. So that was one of the kids that was what we're talking about tonight. Uh, when he was interviewed, obviously he was an adult, right? But when this happened, he was a very young kid. This happened in nineteen ninety five. The interview? No, the actual case. Well, when did this interview happen? It looks like it's from the 70s. Probably the 80s. So what year? You said 1995. The, it, the incident happened in 95. He is one of the children 
From the incident? From the incident. Okay. So he was a little kid. In 1995? Yeah. 1955, sorry. That's where the That's confusion where... was. Okay. Uh, our first mess up of season five. There we go. No, so uh, You had my mind blown. I'm like, oh, do you go back in time? <laughs> like, you get stuck through a portal? Yes, he was, uh, what do they always say? Baron Trump's a time traveler? Oh, yeah, because that book. Yeah, anyways. So, yeah. So okay, 1955. 1955. No, I'm going in 100% blind. And this isn't where... The title, Little Green Men Started, even though they never said they were green. Uh, we're going to hmm. get to the news on this one. The news sucks, just so well, everybody knows. Well, we've all, we've, known, we've known that for yeah. some time now. So I got this cool article by Marco Margastafius, edited by John Kursak. Uh, but it was just came, the article was updated this past year. It's a really cool article. kind of does a really good job of laying out the story, and then we'll kind of dive into the meat and potatoes of it. Okay. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. August 21st, 1955. Not 95, 55. It's good to clear that up. The Kelly Hopkinsville UFO incident terrified the people of Western Kentucky and introduced the world to the little green men. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a UFO. There's a lot of stuff with this incident. Around 11 p.m. on on August 21st at night, uh, 1955, eight people showed up at the Hopkinsville, Kentucky police station in a state of utter panic. They said, we need help. We need help. We've been fighting them for nearly four hours now. We need help. The cop tries to calm everybody down. And they said, fighting who? Fighting who? Apparently, little silver men. To some, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter provides compelling evidence of alien contact. To others... It's just an overreaction, perhaps fueled by "quote unquote" moonshine and owl attacks. Oh boy! We'll get to the alcohol. It's actually, when we take our little ad break here in a minute, we'll come back and me and you will do a shot to celebrate the season opener. Oh sure, of moonshine that Peyton got us. I'm not looking forward to doing oh, that. Oh, I love a shot of moonshine. It helps you get going. I have to work. So do I. <laughs> uh, okay. What's, cer- uh, what's certain is that the imagination around the event has lingered still to this day. Today, the 300-odd citizens of the nearby Kelly, Kentucky, throw an annual Little Green Men Day, the festivities every August. The trope of the aliens as little green men comes from this incident, and even Steven Spielberg drew inspiration with his encounters of these encounters with his movie he made, E.T. Mm-hmm. So what exactly happened in the summer of 1955 in Kentucky? So right there, that's your little intro, and we'll get into the, the actual incident. Uh, yeah, so this is kind of the one that started the world on fire for aliens. Okay. The little green men, which these guys, have anybody seen pictures, if you look at the t-shirt art or whatever, they are not your classical alien. Like, the classical, they're not the gray. They're very much these little big-eared or helmeted goblins. I'm looking up the pictures right now so I can get a visual. It helps. <laughs> so the bizarre encounter with the little Silverman. Silverman. Big difference. Yeah. The tales of the Hopkinsville Kelly incident start with innocently enough. While visiting a friend named Elmore, Lucky Sutton, at his farmhouse in the tiny town of Kelly on August 21st, 1955, Billy Ray Taylor of Pennsylvania went outside to collect some water. Then the world ended. No, then something streaking across the sky caught his attention. <laughs> the world ended. Yeah, he just come outside and it's hey, like... Maybe in a way it did. No, so Billy... Precursor. Uh, so Billy is visiting 
uh, their friend, their family friends, where they're having like the big get together at the house. Uh, we'll get to the alcohol thing in a little bit because that's where the story starts to split for the two kind of main lines. Um, but Billy goes outside to get some water. The well is, you know, on the back of the property and he looks up and there's just what he best describes as a silver, almost our silver pill or the silver long cigar shaped UFO goes streaking across the sky. Uh, other eyewitnesses from way across the County had seen the same UFO at the same time. Okay. We know the UFO existed as far as eyewitness testimony can get us, you know, take it as it is. Bunch of people said they seen it. Did they say they had seen it because the incident got so much fame? Who knows? Who knows at this point? Yeah. Anything is possible. <laughs> Taylor later described the silvery object as being real bright with an exhaust of all colors of the rainbow coming off it. Panicked, he fled inside. He told everybody else, which included his wife, the whole Sutton family, that he had just seen a UFO. Taylor also recalled that he hadn't heard an explosion, just a hissing noise as the object landed somewhere behind the farmhouse in the forest. But no one took Taylor seriously until the dogs began barking. So let's pause right there for just a second. Uh, Taylor was known to be a prankster. Okay. Billy Ray, Taylor, uh, Billy, he did pranks. He scared the kids. There were a bunch of little kids in the house. The one you just heard talking. Was one uh, of the kids. Yeah, it was one of the kids when he was young. So Billy Ray was known to kind of, so he comes in the house saying that he'd just seen a UFO, blah, blah, blah. That's why nobody took him seriously. Okay. They were like, okay, come on, Billy, you know. Uncle Billy, here yeah. he goes again with his pranks. But then the dogs went nuts. And what do we always say? That's got to be a t-shirt. What? Always trust dogs. Yeah, trust dogs. Trust dogs. Someone or something began approaching the house. So you really don't know what happens? Uh, No, okay. I really don't. Like I said, this you know this is definitely one of our famous ones. <laughs> the terrified group later described to the police as what they saw in vivid, frightening detail. The invade and the invaders had round, oversized heads with long arms that had talons or claws that nearly touched the ground. We'll get into the eyewitness reports of these. They all drew incredibly similar and different creatures. Okay. Very odd. Very odd. And this may get to more of a psychic phenomena. Everything about them seemed to shimmer and glow in the darkness. Their eyes were a yellowish light coming out of them, and their bodies glinted like they were made entirely of silver polished metal. Hmm. Um, some, they weren't sure if they walked or if they hovered. Okay. We'll get to that. They, and they were getting closer. So they go out, uh, Billy, I can't remember who Billy takes somebody out and they see these things kind of in the trees all over coming at them. Like, That's scary. These little creatures. But those gathered at the Sutton farmhouse weren't going down without a fight. Now, is this, uh, Hopkinsville? Is that in Kentucky? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. So they went, they're brave. These little creatures. Well, yeah, they were like, let's go mess with the hicks. Yeah. Probably the most dangerous. Yeah, probably the most dangerous ones. So, yeah, uh, the Suttons and and Taylor, uh, one of the Suttons went out with him, and they seen these creatures starting to, like, there are dozens of them. So Sutton and Taylor grabbed the guns. When one of the creatures pressed their face against the window to look in at the children, they opened fire. Oh, yeah. Over the next few hours... The aliens drew closer and closer, and then they would retreat. They would flip into the trees as if humans, as if the humans tried to shoot them. Uh, so yeah. Now, did they were they able to shoot them and drop them? So 
they were shooting these things for hours and hours. The first one they shot, they described it tumbled over and it sounded like a metal can rattling. Then the creature righted itself and took back off to the trees. Hmm. Okay. So they would get hit, they would react and never die. Yeah. Okay. Questions or thoughts so far? It's, I mean, it's weird. It's definitely weird. But uh, no, not not yet. I need more. I need more intel to gather an opinion yet. So like, uh, so yeah, they started the fire. Over the next few hours, the aliens drew closer, and then they would retreat. And they kept doing this process. They'd be right in the house, like right looking in the windows, you know, grabbing at the kids and all kinds of stuff. And then they would disappear for a little bit, and the calm would ensue. Okay. And then they'd come back. Um, so Taylor, after one of these long periods of not having the aliens, the whole time they're thinking they got to get to the car, you know, they got to leave. They get out of there. Okay. Yeah. So Taylor stepped out and as he was kind of looking in the yard, something grabbed the top of his head and yanked him up, ripping out his hair. One of these creatures on the, was on the roof, was waiting for them to come out and grabbed him. Uh, they shot it, and he ran back inside. Finally, it seemed to quiet again. So they had, like I said, they kept having these waves. Uh, everybody instantly ran to all the cars, piled up, and took off. Yeah. Uh, they fled down, the, and then they were begging the police for help. They were there for hours begging the police for help. The police were, like, we'll get to the drunkness. The police, were, the police that they talked to were convinced they weren't drunk, but they were just, you know, they were definitely scared. Four city police, including the chief of police, Russell Greenwell, drove to the Sutton farmhouse where it had happened. Aliens or not, the crowd at the police station seemed to be genuinely terrified. One man had a pulse of over 145 beats per minute. That's pretty fast. A heart attack range. Yeah. That's easily having a heart attack range. Oh, boy. That's scary. Uh, In Greenwell, the police chief said these aren't the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. Right. They usually deal with stuff on their own. Yeah, Yeah, they just deal with it. But the police didn't find any obvious evidence of little silver men. But they did find hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of spent bullet and shell casings. Hmm, okay. Destroyed windows, screen doors, uh, glass broken out, and just metal. The one cop was stated that when he opened the door, it was like rolling out like sand. The amount of metal casings. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, like a like a I don't know, uh, like in a cartoon when a you'd see a guy open up a a car door and just like what I imagine Brandon's house is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, don't mind the mess, and then you just open the door and spent shell, casings, shell casings everywhere. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts so far? Well, I mean, uh, I know we're going through this part kind of quick. Um, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't, if that's the policeman saying that, they wouldn't spend all that ammo on nothing. Yeah, these aren't... That's probably a very valued resource. Yeah, and these people do not have a lot of money. Right, yeah. They had no running water, uh, you know, gas lantern house, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Man, yeah. So, so far, I mean, I believe what they're saying, yeah. Okay. As noted, in the Kentucky New Era the next day, nothing stirred during the investigation. Besides one of the officers accidentally stepping on a cat's tail in the darkness outside the house. No further excitement ensued. So these cops <laughs> are out there looking around. And they step and on a cat's tail? Half the cops, depending on which cop you talk to, half of them were believing that, that they the aliens are real. 
because they had had calls about the UFO before the the Kelly uh, well before the Suttons and Kelly came in the yeah. town. So they already gotten a couple calls that night that something came shooting across the sky. Then this family comes in just freaking out that these monsters were trying to get their kids. Right. Yeah. And I may have you know we'll go back into some details over the story. I know we kind of pushed through the main part of the story pretty fast. Right. But a lot has happened after. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of confusion. But they were going for the kids. Any room they put the kids in, that's where they were attacking. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where they were always peeking in. They wanted the kids for some reason. That's weird. Uh, Whether they were fascinated with them or not or whatever, you know, it's... That was their target, it appeared. It it seemed to be. Right. So these cops go out there, and they're walking around in this house, this homestead, in the middle of the night. With, like, pitch black. They open the door... And there's just thousands of shell casings. So okay. now you're like, okay, somebody took this seriously. Walking around, walking around, step. Yeah. You, and, you know, it's like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Yeah. Could you imagine? I can't believe they didn't shoot the cat to death. You probably, yeah. I mean, they probably did, but they didn't say, the newspaper didn't say. Didn't put that in the details, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they've got to be jumpy. Right. Oh, yeah. If you, I'd be on edge if I was, I'm walking into that situation. So, however, at least one Kentucky police officer believed Taylor and the Sutton stories fully. Sergeant Frank Dudes was not one of those was was not among the officers who visited the Sutton farmhouse, but he had his own alien encounter previously in life. Ah, so, why, so he was at the hmm. he wasn't on duty, right? He was at the police station, and he you know came out forward. It's like I believe they they had their encounter. Uh, he had seen his own little gray man, kind of thing. December four. Uh, dudes and another officer reported seeing three flying saucers. Dudes was stated, I think the whole story is entirely plausible. He told the Kentucky News Era, I saw the, I know I saw the saucers. And if I saw them, why couldn't the Kelly stories be true also? According to the same article, the other officers were reluctant to give their opinions on it. Uh, most of the other officers there did not say whether they believed them or not. Mm-hmm. They said that there were tons and tons of spent casings. And all the officers that visited that night said that the Taylors or the Taylor and the Suttons were not drunk. We'll get into that more because that is where this story kind of flies off the rails. So theories about the incident. So uh, U.S. U.S. Army Air Force Lockhart, Lockhart's encounter. I have his actual paper here. I'm going to read. Uh, so he sent in his copy because we'll we'll get into the blue book stuff. But I just thought this was neat. Uh, a lot of it's redacted. Okay. Because government, it's an actual government U.S. Air Force paper. My name is Blank, age 50, and I live at Blank, Hopskinville, Route 6, Kentucky. On Sunday night, August 21st, 55, uh, uh, about 10.30 p.m., I was walking through the hallway when I was located in the middle of the house. I looked out the south back door and saw a bright silvery object about two and a half feet tall appearing around. I became excited, and I didn't. I did not look at it long enough to see if it had any eyes or moved. I was about fifteen or twenty feet away from it. I fell backwards, and then I was carried into the bathroom. My two sons, blank and blank, age twenty, uh, age twenty-five, and his wife, age twenty-nine, uh, and his wife, age twenty-one. It's all redacted. All these names, right? The names are just, yeah. yeah, a bunch of young people. Uh, were all in the house and saw these little men that looked like monkeys. Hmm. About 3.30 a.m., I was in the bedroom and looked out the north window and saw a small silvery shining object 
about two and a half feet tall, and it's ha- with its hands on the screen looking in. I called for my sons, and they shot it, and it left. It was about 60 feet from at this time. I did not see this anymore. I have read the above statement, and I, to my best of my knowledge, it is all true. Yes, yeah, so this is a certified copy from the U.S. Air Force Lockhart's or Lockford's, I'm sorry, uh, accounting of this. Okay, so that's that's an pretty significant. U.S. Air Force document that wasn't released till much later. Okay, uh, and it's all all the names are redacted and stuff like that. But we're going to talk about uh, Jill, or Jenny. It's a it's a guy. Anyways, <laughs> I just I hate names. So the validation of the Kentucky the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter was in question immediately. Some people doubt or doubted the honesty of the Suttons, and their neighbors dismissed, dismissed the whole affair as a drunken debacle as a result of too much moonshine. Uh, so the only one neighbor said that, and it was the neighbor that got in a land dispute with the Suttons the year before. Oh, so he already didn't like them. Yeah. Yeah. Only it wasn't neighbors. It was Neighbor. a guy yeah. that hated the Suttons and seen that they were being talked about in the newspaper and said, bunch of drunks. Right, yeah. We'll come to that. So, the lie is so from uh, Lockford, uh, the Sutton's mother. So Janine is her name, I think, is the best of my knowledge. Uh, so she said the lies they told about us are horrible. They said we were drinking, but they, uh, but Lockford, the the U.S. Air Force knew that they hadn't been. The aliens, they look like five gallon gasoline cans with a head on top of them and small legs. She insisted. <laughs> It was a shimmering bright metal, like on the refrigerator. Even the police who responded to the scene agreed that it didn't appear that anyone had been drinking, nor had there been any alcohol found on the body or on the premises. And the Suttons were known to be strictly against alcohol for religious reasons. Oh, wow. The mother Sutton would not let alcohol near her house. Wow. She was known as a big, uh, you know, it was way after the prohibition, but she wanted the prohibition to come back and everything like that. Yeah. So to say that they were drunks already is yeah misleading. Sure, Very. maybe one guy was sneaking moonshine. You know, Taylor could have been sneaking moonshine. It happens. But for all these people, she wouldn't put an end to she that. She would. Yeah, they should have beat them all. She would have been the alien out there running around chasing them. <gasps> maybe she. Will. Maybe you just figured this out. She, she hired. The green men to scare the county out of drinking. <laughs> yes, for to bring back. Thank prohibition. you for ruining my ending. Yeah, <laughs> we put all the pieces together. It's all about the prohibition. <laughs> uh, so, but when the Sutton family tried to profit off the interest of their story by charging a mission to their farmhouse, any remaining goodwill towards them vanished. Seemingly, neighbors grew cold and threatening them. Ten days later, the Sutton family had to leave Kelly for good. Wow. I want to talk about this because okay. this is put out there. As being a hardcore evidence against them being having a real story. Right. They had people immediately the next showing day up. breaking into, not just showing up, breaking into their house and their barn, stealing everything, pulling bricks out the wall and stuff like that. Because this is at the height of when the UFO phenomena was like exploding in the U.S. Yeah. The first time. The first real time. You know, Roswell, people don't realize Roswell didn't get off the ground very hard. Until like the 60s, 1947, it was when it happened. It was pretty well stamped down until a couple documents leaked out in like the 60s, mm. and then it exploded again. Yeah. So that's probably why we don't know much about Roswell is because by the time a 
there was researchers out there, don't get me wrong, looking into Roswell when it happened. But it's already been filtered out. But I'm saying when it happened, but the yeah. majority of the community didn't dive into it until it was way later. Right. When like a Project Blue Book came around and stuff like that. And they already moved everything, everything out. Was, yeah. And they killed everybody that had any information. Right. Yeah. So the Suttons had people breaking into their property, camping in their yard two feet from their house, stealing the glass out of the windows, stealing bricks, all this stuff for souvenirs. Jeez. So the best thing, keep in mind, these are not wealthy people. Right, They're yeah. very borderline poor people. And you're just taking literally the bricks off their walls. So they set up, they made a makeshift fence and charged like nothing. They charged a little bit of a mission so people could come and look, get their fill, and then leave. Yeah. Okay. And the town crucified them. Jeez. Their neighbors were literally threatening their lives for them making a little bit of money off this. Probably that one neighbor, mostly. Oh, no, the whole uh, the whole town turned against them. Oh, okay. Because the town turned to a freak show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep in mind, what did I say? It had 500 people, 300 people? Oh, that's tiny. Yeah. I said it in the beginning. So everyone knows everybody. And then thousands of people, of people up. flocked up. Yeah. There was one cop talking about the line of people that were in front of the Kelly's house. Yeah. Was insane, like cars, miles, see, miles. See, now, if the neighbors were smart, instead of just like being ups, excuse me, upset at them, they would have had their little lemonade stands, you know, their their book sales. They would have they would have been profiting off it too of all these people. That's just income, like coming into town. That's good. Spend the money, right? So, yeah, I just to me, I just can't believe that it took like the, the how fast they had to leave forever. That moved out. So yeah. None of them even live there anymore. Yeah. Man, sad to get displaced because of the pressure of the people. So this article goes into a few of its own theories, and then we'll come back, we'll talk about it, and we'll get into our theories that I have written up. Uh, but yeah, I just that's just to me the thing that's insane. Uh, we'll get to the cop that probably ruined their life. How so? Oh, uh, we'll get there. Right. It was this one cop's fault that had nothing to do with it. Okay. So the first explanation, and I know this story is not very long. Some podcasts have delved into it where it's step by step, and I don't think we need to do it. It's been done. That. It's been done. So, but that's pretty much what happened. You get the cryptids of the corn version flavor. Uh, so here's some of the theories. One of the explanations does involving a creature from the sky, the owl. Oh, okay. So here's your biology, and we've talked about it. Uh, so. Before I go into this fully, I want to talk about the descriptions. They separated the family, even the kids, mm -hmm. had them draw the entities, and I highly suggest everybody look up some of these pictures. I'll try to remember when this episode comes out. I'll post a big Facebook post uh, with a, a big hodgepodge, because there's a bunch of people in this house. I think like 15 people. Yeah. So, including the kids. Yeah. Uh, and they all drew them. The silhouette was always the same. The details were almost always different. Okay. From that, I mean, you had the basic round, big head, two round, big eyes, a little slit mouth, two big pointed ears, little tiny body with long arms. Okay. Now, where that differs is half and half kind of think the ears were actually ears. The other half think they were helmets. Okay. And they have two big extrusions. The eyes. Some people drew itty-bitty eyes. Some people drew great big huge eyes like grays. Some people thought that the eyes were actually eyewear. Like goggles. Like goggles or a part okay. of the helmet. Okay. And that's why sometimes they had them and sometimes they didn't. Okay. 
And that's, you know, their actual eyes may have been those tiny ones some of the people seen. Right. The suit. Like, some people describe them having a full metal suit. Some of it was their skin. The claws, was it was it a, a glove or was it their hand? Like, there's just a bunch of these weird details. But like, the overall shape was string bean, little thin arms and legs. Really long arms, though. Tiny little body. Giant oversized head with some kind of eyes, whether they're tiny or huge. Mm-hmm. But these big pointed things off the sides of their head. Okay. Almost like a Muppet is how they get described a lot. Okay. Uh, the Mama Sutton described them almost being monkey-like in their movements. And that one was an odd, an odd description. So first, first explanation possibly, you know, owls. So great horned owls <laughs> have long wings, glowing eyes, when the reflection, round head. Uh, owls, great horned owls specifically, are known to become very aggressive towards human houses. Okay. Uh, especially, especially if you're close to their nest. If they build, and it's not even that, you know, they can build their nest close to the, your house and then they get mad that you're there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they will attack houses. They'll pull siding and bricks and they'll attack roofs and stuff like that. So let's go through the story. Now, he goes out and he sees Bailey ta- or Taylor, looks up and sees this thing shooting across Fly the sky. Fly across the sky, yes. Which other eyewitnesses claim to see a little bit before, but mostly after the incident became known. Okay. But Kelly, Kentucky, was not shy to UFOs. Even the cops said that. You know, the previous year, he'd seen three giant triangles in the sky. Oh, dang. Okay. So it's not like... Ooh, okay. It's not like they're shy of UFOs. And then he runs inside, and they go out, and at least two of these creatures are standing at the brush line to where they see these big eyes reflecting back. What they said glowing. Let's say they're reflecting back for the owl theory. And they get too close to the owls, they get mad. And the owls start attacking the windows, start attacking the roof, start attacking the doors, anything with a reflective surface on it. Okay. And owls are quick, they're hard to shoot and stuff like that. And these people are just panic because Billy Ray just came and screaming, there's a UFO. And then you go out and you see these two things with big glowing eyes. And you start firing. You just start firing. And they start retaliating. Uh, And so when Billy Ray went outside and it grabbed his hair, that could easily be an owl. Talon. Grabbing him. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna say for the owl angle, there would have been a couple dead specimens of as much as they were shooting at them. It's not like owls; they're a decent target, and they seem like decent shots. What if it's owls and bobcats? <laughs> one would have been dead. There would have been one body specimen, in my opinion. Well, what if they shot it? So here's their side first side tangent of season five. All right. Uh, Grandpa, did I ever tell you the story with him in the foxhole? Uh, depend. Uh, maybe, but go on. So they're get he's getting shot at. He has to take cover in this foxhole. It's raining out at night, and they can't have any light because they'll pretty much be dead. Right. So he's sitting there, and there's rats always in these foxholes, and he's like, you just get used to the rats. Yeah. But he's like, something, it's pitch black, mud, rain, in this little tiny hole. And he feels something big press up against his leg and then go away. And then he's like, it was like a human thigh. And press up against his leg and move him a little bit and then go away. And he does this a bunch. Finally, he freaks out and he lights a lighter, like a match, just to see what this thing is. And he's not supposed to do that at all. No, because it gives away your position. He does it. It is a gigantic snake, like a humongous, uh, just a giant python, eating all the rats around his feet. <laughs> And he shot it so many times, they couldn't find a chunk of that snake bigger than a quarter. 
Jeez. I mean, that's when he's lost some of his, his ranking, I guess, you know. Because he, yeah, did something he wasn't supposed uh, to. Because he shot every round he had, and it yeah. gave away everybody's position. Not good. So, yeah, there's that. Man. You so what if they shot it so much is what I'm getting at? They shot an owl so much. There's there literally nothing left. There's no chunks. Oh, the feathers on. blew away. There'd be uh, feathers just blew away. <laughs> they turned it into a red mist. There, yeah. There, see exactly. There would have been blood. There would have been something that because if the cops did not believe them and they were being skeptical, they would have found some sort of evidence to disprove them. Something, but nothing. None of that turned up. So an owls. I'm just gonna say probably not owls, and that doesn't even explain the things coming off their ears. I mean. And with the descriptions, everyone having a different kind of description. There's multiple ones. What if they just Had all kind gear. of look different? Yeah. Like people? Right. People. Another theory also involves an animal. Author Haas Kanzler, a sheriff from a nearby town, joined the other policeman at the Sutton House on August 21st, 1955, for his investigation. This is where things get bad. Ooh. In his telling, everyone was absolutely hammered on moonshine. Who is this guy? What is, who's this government show's name again? It's a sheriff from another, from a different town. Oh, just help. So keep happens. Mind, the sheriff from the town that they were in yeah. believed them. Right. At least believed that they believed what they were seeing. So now we got to bring... And said they were absolutely not drunk. Right. Nobody invited this guy. Yeah, exactly. He showed up. He probably wasn't even a sheriff from another town. He was just... He was posing as that. Arthur Haas... Cancellor, a sheriff. Yeah, sounds made up. Yeah. Anyone with a anyone with the nickname Haas, or is that just his actual middle name? That's his middle name. Yeah, anyone with that middle name is it's a funny. Oh, that's his nickname, I'm sorry. Okay, that's exactly. I don't know any Haas. I'm a Haas. Yeah, that are especially nineteen fifty five. Right. In his telling the story, everyone was absolutely hammered on moonshine. And someone was outside tossing a cat. Into the screen door and windows to scare the people inside. The shrieks that they said were the cat screams. Uh, so, yeah, so. I think Haas needs put Let down. me read his thing. When I was at the Sutton's house, the Sutton's daughter reached up and pulled the cat's tail off the screen. Then the cat screamed. I knew then that that was the Martians. He told the Kentucky New Era on July 12th of 2003. Decades later, he's still saying this stuff. Oh, boy. So keep in mind, every other cop, whether they believed them or didn't believe them, said they were not drunk. They were not those kind of people. They didn't drink. The only other person besides Big Hoss here- Was his neighbor. Was his neighbor that hated them. Yeah. Because they got in a land dispute. Right. So this sheriff- And obviously, they lost. Right. Or they wouldn't have been mad. Yeah. But this quote-unquote sheriff that showed up how many days later? No, he showed up for the investigation oh. the day of. Okay. But he was not invited. He was a sheriff from a different area. So he wasn't even probably a real person. He was probably a man in black. Oh, no, I think he was re- I think he's one of these people because he's made— uh, You know how they hated the sentence for making some money? Yeah. Uh, he made a lot of money off this. He wrote books, interviews, all this stuff, mm. saying a bunch of drunk hillbillies. So he's probably getting paid, too, to say this stuff. Who knows? Oh, he could have been, but yeah. So there you go. This theory relies again on the fact that the witnesses were inebriated. Jonah Smithy, the current re- or current Kelly resident who helps put on the annual Little Green uh, Man Day Festival, 
does not think this theory holds any water. Smithy says, we all laughed at the idea that they were drunk because Glendy, or Glenda did not allow alcohol or even cursing on her property. Yeah, imagine uh, that. Sure. She banned her property, or she banned her own son for a month off her property for using a swear word one time. Man. Uh, the Suttons were a very quiet, trustworthy family, everybody stated, besides one man. Right. Man, I remember I taught my little sister to say fart. I got I got in trouble for that at home. <laughs> Just uh, fart? It, well, yeah, when she was little. I mean, I was little, too. I was like eight nine, ten, I don't know. It's funny for a little boy to teach his little sister that word. That's just life. Come on. Just life. Right, yeah. Man, but... Okay, so... Obviously, this uh, sheriff is trying to discredit them for some reason. But uh, the reason why... I think it was... Personally, I don't think you need any conspiracy. It was just money. Money, or he just hated the phenomena. Right, he was yeah. actually probed as a young man himself, like you, and you know he. And unlike you, though, he resented them. Well, you think he would? You now, embrace I, them and you cover for them. I more feel like he is just like, oh, that's all nonsense, you know, fooey stuff. That's and what I'm making think. it up. And, and so then he I'm had to he had to pick up his big gut, put on his his holster, hoss, and walk over there. Right, and like. Yeah. Bunch of drunks when the other cops are like, well, uh, they're in the station and they don't smell like alcohol or appear to be inebriated and we nah. couldn't find anything. Ah, what do you think they were shooting at? All the moonshine bottles. You know what? Maybe he was the drunk. Oh, he was definitely hammered when he was there with that gun. You think so? Yeah. Why? He's, I don't know. It just seemed like a, oh, okay. just Haas is a man that is always drunk. Yeah, a man named Haas has a, a quarter whiskey up in his, in his driver's passenger seat floor. He just leans over and takes a nip of every... <laughs> Before we continue with the rest of the theories and get Project Blue Book involved, we're going to take our ad break. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. And our mics are muted. Our mics are muted. All right. So in honor of Mrs. Sutton against alcoholism, Jay refuses to do the shot, but Peyton got us Granny <laughs> Apple Moonshine. And since he said we were drunk with moonshine. It's afternoon and I have work later. Is it? It's afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, cheers. Young cheers man. Here, here. What? So you can. Tink. You heard the tink, maybe. Hello. And he did the shot. That's really smooth. Yeah, I remember it from this weekend. Oh, crap, a goblin! Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that kicked in real fast. <laughs> All right. Back to Project Blue Book. If my name was Haas, I would believe you. This was one of the harder things to research if your name was Haas. <laughs> this is one of the harder things to research because everybody kept saying, you know, it's a Project Blue Book case. Project Blue Book case, even... Uh, in the Project Blue Book TV sh- docudrama. Show. Yeah, yeah. They, this was a big one. This is the worst one they did. I loved every other one he cites, the Hopkinsville Goblin episode. Mm. And I went on the Project Blue Book database to find the report for the Hopkinsville Goblins. Yeah. Didn't find one. Not even there? Yeah. And all of their reports are supposedly public now. That's odd. Well, I kept digging and digging and digging. And guess what I found? What? This is not an official Project Blue Book case. So why'd they put it in the show? Because, uh, like I said, a air marshal from the U.S. Air Force did come to it, but behind Heineck's back. Ah. If you watch the show, you kind of get that feeling like that happened kind of often. Okay. So not an official Project Blue Book. They did have a file on it, but it's not a Heineck file, so it's not a part of the public documents. Okay. So they only released the true, quote-unquote, Project Blue Book ones that... Heineck or the other directors had direct dealings with. Okay, gotcha. This one was folded away for some reason, hmm. and Heineck didn't investigate. Hmm, interesting. So let me read their little blurb about this. The real Project Blue Book had a fat folder on the Hopskiva Goblin encounter, but they say they didn't officially conduct an investigation. At least two men from the Air Force did check on it, but the organization didn't want a word to get out about that they were hunting for spacemen and monsters. While Project Blue Book... Uh, didn't actually consult this, or their their main consultant, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, didn't investigate this. He had friends involved. He described the incident in his book in 1972, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry, which is a very good book. Another classic close encounter of the third kind is the Kelly Hopskinville Goblin sighting of, you know, this August, and that's kind of what he says. Uh, My connections with the affair were purely fictitious, since I did not have been called in the consulting on this case. Blue Book's records on this event are sketchy at best, with little or no investigation was conducted. Still, the case is carried in the Project Blue Book files as indefinite. That much is certainly, there it is. Uh, so basically, Heineck himself said that there is a fat file on it yes. for Project Blue Book, but it's not a Project Blue Book file, Fine. so it's not public. Or, quote unquote, maybe it is public, but it's been released in some horribly obscure place not through project blue book yeah so okay. i went to the, the u.s air force released files i went to the uh the senate the congress files nothing couldn't find it is it on kelly blue book yes it's on kelly blue book <laughs> that's why they named it that to help cover it up aha 
We figured it out. I got to sneeze. You may. Oh, wait. Uh, all right. Oh, it's gone. It's all, right, away. all right. So before we get into our full thoughts on this, uh, the legacy of the, the Kelly Hopskinville Goblin encounter continues. The incident and its ensuing coverage helped to solidify the idea that aliens are little green men in popular culture. Although Taylor and the Suttons described the aliens as little silver men, the newspaper ran with little green men instead. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got little green men. That just seems, okay, go on. The newspaper fully changed it. Yeah. He's like, ah, silver didn't sound good. Green. Green's a good color. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's something before where people had an encounter and or they're just trying to divert to little green men. As far as I could find, and that could be that. As far as I could find, this is kind of the first public use of little green men. Okay. And yeah. they were not green men. They were silver. Maybe and, they were told to change it too. Yeah. Like whoever published it, no, 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 let's make it little uh, green men instead. Like diversion. So there is an idea of green aliens that did show up in the 1920s, about 35 years before this. Okay. Right at the birth of public science fiction. Okay. As in where science fiction was kind of a genre that was like more pushed towards the forefront instead of- Like Jules Verne stuff? Like being hard to find and stuff like that. Science fiction's been around forever. Right. Uh, but, you know, it was definitely a more re- like recluse subject. More obscure. So there was a couple stories in the 1920s that did kind of talk about aliens being green. So that may be where they came from. We're not sure. But as far as the U.S. and, you know, stories of green creatures- that is where it first got published. Okay, gotcha. And that's another thing. Somebody accused the Suttons of lying because they said, you told the newspapers they were green. Right, But you yeah. told everybody else they were silver. Sorry, right. And they're like, we never told the newspapers they were green. Right, yeah. They just they did, did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Sue them. <laughs> yes, this poor Kentucky family was forced to leave their farm because their neighbors were threatening their life. Right. Have the money to afford a lawyer to sue a giant newspaper. Yep, do it. Do it. <laughs> So there are those who don't, or still don't think the incident was science fiction, however. There are millions of stars and planets in our universe, so says uh, the Mrs. Mrs. Sutton, uh, and the daughter of Lucky Sutton also. I can't possibly believe our planet is the only one with life. Hmm, okay. There, she's losing me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Today, Sith, is, uh, is that's how you spell her name, is determined... To the world here is her family's side of the story. That's the, the granddaughter of Mrs. Sutton. Okay. The remaining survivor of the encounter refuses to talk about the incident. So Sith does it for them. In addition to her book, The Encounter of Alien Legacy in 2007, the Kelly Greenman Alien Legacy revisited in 2015, she speaks at the Kelly Little Green Men Day festivals every year. Oh, the, the, not the survivor, but the, the person gr- representing. Her daughter. Which would have been this, her mom was the granddaughter of Mrs. Smith, okay, or Mrs. Sutton, right, 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 the, right. Yeah, so she's the daughter of the last surviving. That's not ever quite stated. I wonder if we can get her on the show. The daughter or the actual last surviving? I guess either of them. I don't think the other one will ever talk about it. Maybe may, you know what? I think she'll talk to the Cryptids of the Corn crew. But the festival is really cool. I would like to do it if uh, if this year wasn't so crazy already. Gosh, I know. I would love to throw it in there because it's not like a huge festival, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun. Every picture I see of it is like everybody enjoys it, right? You know, it's yeah, it seems like fun. Yeah, good old time. And there's just the one family member left. Man, that's crazy. I mean, mine is seventy or eighty. Uh, seventy. Yeah, but they had a, almost exactly seventy years ago. How many people were in the house? Thirteen. Yeah, but only at the time, only I think four of them were under the age of twenty something. 
Oh, okay. But still, so you they mean, would be in their nineties. Everybody that well, that oh, you mean surviving? I yeah. just, I guess, I just meant offspring. Oh no, I'm talking about people that were alive there, and well and there. Because okay. then that's firsthand accounts, not that secondhand accounts for sure. Yeah, for there's sure. no, there's tons of people that were their kids are you know okay. all over the area still, yeah. but not like the people that were there that witnessed, yeah. experienced it. Yeah, and this uh, films. That have been that have been inspired by the Kelly Hamstringville Goblin Encounter, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yep. Signs. Oh, okay. Was one that took heavy inspiration from this. Now, here's two you may not guess. I'll let you try first. Name two movies. That I definitely know you know. Well, you already said ET. Not one. that one. Let's throw okay. ET out. But okay, ET okay. is one. Yes. Um. Oh gosh, I don't know. Both Gremlins. Oh, okay. And Critters. Oh, were fully okay. inspired by the Kelly Hopsonville Goblin encounter. I can see Gremlins. They gremlins look, look just like them. Yeah, it looks just like it. Yeah, like that's if you take some of the pictures of them, they look just minus, like them. Minus the silver, like the shape, the body the shape, plan, the plan, the yeah. face. Like a lot of that is how Big they were ears, described. Yeah. yeah, you throw water on them and they multiply and they yes. turn these little demons. Same yes. thing. That's why they arrived at night and not during the day. <laughs> it all makes sense. Now here's one that you may not may not be able to figure. Poltergeist. Okay. The famous old movie? Oh, the movie. The okay. movie. Poltergeist was partially inspired by the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin. Because some they said like books were flying off the walls and stuff like that. They weren't yeah. sure if the creatures were banging into them or if there was like oh, psychic I, phenomena happening also. I think I'm piecing this together in my head. Pieces are falling in place. So I do want to hear your thoughts. Can I, do you want me to go through my list first since this is the first episode? Are you afraid I'm going to yes. hijack? Yes. You don't even know what I'm going to say, though. You know what? I'll let you go first as tradition. Okay. Okay. So this happened where? Kentucky? Yes. Kelly, Kentucky. So what's under Kentucky? The world, One of the world's- Actually, I think your mic stopped working. How weird is that? Oh, man. <laughs> no, continue. Okay. I hate you. <laughs> one of the world's largest quartz deposits. What? resides under kentucky did you know that <laughs> had no idea if any of new listeners <laughs> they don't get that joke but yes i did know that how strange uh, how strange well no that when i asked you at the beginning what this happened in kentucky that was the first thing that kind of popped in my head but this is where we may deviate um from our uh i guess final observations or final conclusions but uh so i think whatever that Energy from those from that quartz deposit being there obviously draws a lot of uh, energy. Let's put it that way. Whether it's electromagnetic activity, or I, which I think it might be, because if you squeeze, I think if you squeeze quartz, right, doesn't it have that yeah no, piezoelectric it, yes, quality it does, to it. It does extremely weird things. So, um, and now maybe you're not. I don't know if uh what the the thing they saw flying across the sky, but it could have been pulled to that area because of that quartz deposit. And it just so happened to hit and land. Now with these little things being like silver in my head, I almost picture like mirrors, sil- like mirrored, you know what I mean? And for hmm. some reason, like they're almost made of quartz. Quartz are just literally, literally like whatever material, like they're so reflective, you know, it's, it appears silver. Cause like a, a mirror, yeah, it's silver, but you ever heard that? What color is a mirror? What color is it really? Cause it reflects everything. So, you know what I mean? So I, 
in my head, interdimensional things might have that quality where they're just they're here, but they're I don't not like that here. Question. Huh? I don't like that question. What? What color is a mirror? I know it's weird. It makes you wonder, right? What color End is it? End of episode. Different, huh? End of episode. <laughs> no, continue. I'm sorry. But uh, we're whatever these interdimensional things may have just some way your brain or something can't interpret it, or it's not natural to this plane of existence where it has that reflective sure. quality where it's just constantly reflecting everything. So it appears silver or mirrored, you know, this, as in, you heard the ding of another, the moonshine bottle. Hopefully that picked up. I didn't, I didn't try to do it on purpose. <laughs> no, but I hope it did too. Cause that is a nice sound. Um, in my Smoky Mountain Squat Shine shot glass. Yes. It's Hocking Hills Moonshine. Oh, I think you're, oh, you might be mixing things. Something bad. I'm, out of, I'm out of Squatch. Huh? I'm out, out of Squatch. I haven't seen him since Hocking, so I haven't been oh, able gotcha. to buy more. Okay, okay. But um, maybe that's why they have this appearance. But they, so they might be interdimensional beings that got pulled <sighs> here. And then now that they're here, that's why they were, when they shot at him and stuff, it didn't actually have any. Uh, it hit effect. Him, it hit him physically, but the creatures bounce back up. Yeah, because they might be pretty like a fourth dimension or like however. it's affecting them, but not like not entirely them. physically. So when we did our to your point, if I may. Yeah, when we did our white thing episode, right? I'm not sure if that was public or not. I can never remember anymore. There's we've done almost 400 over 400 episodes. I think now. that was a Patreon exclusive. But that's how some of the white things were, was they could physically interact with them to an extent. Yeah. But never actually do enough to hurt them or kill them. Because none of the people died, and none of the creatures di- died that we know of. But the, the the thing is that UFO that they saw flying over, were they in that? Or was that a coincidence? Or did that bring them there? Or uh, did that? Or was, or what is that a, uh, like what you saw the one time when you seen that UFO, but it was just a meteor? What that if was a me- scary. What if a meteor flew down, crashed in their backyard, bam. Charged everything up. And, and now, what else is under Kentucky? Oh, the Mammoth Cave System. Mammoth Cave System. What if it opened oh, up hey, a pocket? Stop it. And now these things came crawling You've out. hit four of my eight bullet points. Well, you know. You want to try to go for them all? Uh, demons. Two you will not get. <laughs> demons on the list? Demons on the list. That was number eight. But, and... Uh, so these are my those are the thoughts that I came up with just listening and just what popped in my head. But no, that's a very good thought. It does combine kind of several of maybe the things I had, but not in very different ways. I do like it. Okay, uh, but yeah, that's about the end of. So my first one. Okay, quartz deposits. Yes, that was my first one. <laughs> right off the rip, right off the rip, yeah. I just hijacked your first one. Okay, no, but I do think that's a. Uh, so I looked it up by driving. It's almost two and a half hours away. Kelly is from Sut- or Somerset. Okay. Which Somerset's kind of the apex of that big quartz deposit you were mentioning. Uh, by miles, it's not that far. Right. It's like 60 miles. Okay. It's not like a crazy, I think it was 60 miles, but I mean, it's not like a crazy, crazy distance away from each other. And that quartz deposit, the main big chunk of it's like two and a half miles wide. It's but big. there's veins of it everywhere there yeah. in Kentucky. And like electromag, like the way, have you ever seen like where you can see the magnetic... Uh, field of the earth, field of yeah, something the electromagnetic field it's something that big you know it's got all these different it, it uh, affects, layers it to affects it. stuff that you can't even realize S- or see like, yeah. at all yeah so yeah so that could be something to do with it but i just uh, it's the first one i really have i was joking about the course being the first one that's later in the list oh okay. you know, I, I generally start with 
the more natural or Fle- yeah, physical. I, yeah, not that they're more probable than anything else, but I normally start with the most physical to the least physical or something like that, or yeah. what I believe the most for myself is at the end. Spectrum. Uh, owls is kind of that first one, so... Yeah, I think we already ruled that out. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't so drawn out in literally so many rounds of ammunition... I know I was joking earlier about, you know, maybe they were just dodging it or whatever. Right. Uh, owls doing the if Matrix. It, if it would have been a couple shots, you know, under 50 is what I'm going to go with, and it was just a couple guys, not a group of 10-plus people, you know... A whole family, Yeah. Uh, and the kids thing was kind of weird, and that could be just them freaking out with them hype. What they said, they seemed like they were focusing on the children. That could just be them freaking out, right? I mean, parents, parental instinct. It's taken over and yeah. overriding maybe logic. Yeah. So they're going for my kids. They're going for my kids. Or Shoot they're going em. for the kids, you know? Yeah. And because there was, yeah. Anyways, so that could be, could not be, I don't know. Owls, as far as this encounter, I do not think so. I agree. I They don't look very owlish to me. They don't like, I don't know. It's just not because great horned owls do have tufts of feathers that they call horns or ears. Yeah. They're tiny. Right. They're not they like, they look this. like little devil horns. Yeah. Not like humongous ears. Like bat wings coming off their head. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm reading Th- the explanation that shows come up with, with this one really. Oh, okay. Okay. This one is insane. Right. So Lucky didn't. So the when they did the Hopkinsville or they did the Hopkinsville Goblin case on Project Blue Book, the docudrama, Lucky, I believe, well, it was either Somersets or Lucky owned a traveling circus. Okay. He Lucky worked for a traveling circus a little bit. Okay. The theory is they dressed up circus monkeys in leotards and painted them green. Well, you mean silver? No. Okay. I mean what I said. Yeah. So this one ain't true. Because this is probably what Haas said, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, a couple years later, they said that they found a green handprint on one of the trees. Yeah. A green glowing handprint. But once again, the aliens weren't green. Exactly. Their glows were either silver glow or like a yellow glow. Yeah. Which, you know, for me as being a colorblind person, you know, yellows can look like greens. Depending on what shade, you know, which not banana yellow, but you like know, chartreuse. That, I could yeah. see you in chartreuse is chartreuse is green to me. Okay, uh, it's like green yellow. It's yeah, right but in the it's, middle. It's right there. It's that yeah. kind of color that is, you know. Anyways, it's not this. I don't know. It's no. just one that's just driving me crazy because people that Hopkins the Goblin, like I said, the on Project Blue Book did this, and they were circus monkeys. And spaceman outfits with tutus that were silver. The spaceman outfits were silver, but they dipped the monkeys in green paint. Aha. And somehow the monkeys knew to keep attacking the house and dodging bullets. Aha. They were trained. They were extremely trained circus monkeys. Oh, and you forgot the part where they uh, loaded the monkeys into a big pod and then stuck in a trebuchet <laughs> and launched it, you know, 40 <laughs> That was miles. what they seen shooting across the sky. Exactly. It was a trebuchet of monkeys. And make sure it aimed it right at these people's backyard. And that's why that's why Taylor was out there like, ah, they missed a little bit. Monkeys! Yeah. Monkeys, come here! Come here! Okay, they were coming. All right. Ah! Aliens! Now let's charge people a nickel to come Man. see the evidence. It's my third shot of moonshine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Woo! Good thing you started that halfway through the episode, not the beginning. Yeah, that's why I had to get through the reading first. Right, yeah. Uh, I've learned. We've grown as a podcast. That's right. Professional podcasters since but, day one. Yes. So 
What are you going with leotard monkeys? No. No. Whoever whoever proposed that needs put put uh, in a either special home or just put down. Just put down. All right. Here's one that I don't know. Uh, some people like, you know, how we feel about aliens. It's kind of the same. Me, I think I, I'm more likely to believe an alien, like a true alien from outer space, if their biology is extremely different. Right, yeah. These guys had two eyes, a nose, mouth, two ears, ears two hands, hands, feet. Uh, not saying coversion evolution can occur in space. I just seen a YouTube video where a guy was explaining how covert evolution aliens should look like us and not like not not like us. And I almost let him up in the comments with some stuff. Yeah. Cause there's all kinds of ways. Elephants, look at elephants have the ability to manipulate something as small as a sewing needle. They, they have the ability to what? To manipulate. Oh manipulate, okay. Something as small as a sewing needle. Okay. But no hands. No they don't need that. Right. So if an elephant can, like, can paint, they can use a screwdriver. Like They can do all that stuff without a hand. Yeah. So to say that aliens need hands, hands like our hands, to do yeah. stuff. Octopus, if they have, if their arms are a little stronger, they can manipulate stuff so much smaller than we can. Oh, yeah. So to say that that's what kind of his premise of his video was that hands and feet are, are like essential like, to space yeah. travel. They're not. Right. They're not, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not an astrobiologist. I mean, look at tardigrades. Yeah, they just live out there. Yeah. Just be tough. They don't have hands. I mean, they do in their own ways, but not like ours. So the main theory is that these are actually crashed aliens. Okay. That maybe they were filling up, refilling on the quartz deposit or whatever, and that they actually went down, and they were going to scavenge for parts, essentially. And that would not be the first time or the last time we've kind of heard of that heard this thought of them getting... They may have been going to the house, attempting to ask for help, maybe at first, until they were shot at... By and, hill folk. And then they're like, kids, we want, we need those like, kids. No, kids, g- kids, give us that gas lantern. No, right there. <laughs> yeah. It, Dude, we just, <laughs> ah! Yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> Fred, they keep shooting. It's just, uh, I need that hair band you got. That's why I grabbed his hair. Just a little bit of metal and some elastic. Yeah. Okay. That's we'll all we us, need. Get us going. Our ship actually runs on tin cans, so if you got any you could spare, boom. That's where all the recycled cans are going to. Mm-hmm. So... What do you think about that? The actual crashed aliens. Uh, then I have another one that kind of feeds off that after you're done. Uh, I don't know about that, in my opinion. No. But what's maybe if you add a little more to it? So there's this whole thought, and uh, even with Hellier, the TV show, which now looking back is probably something nobody should watch. Okay. Uh, that they talked about, even with the Brown Mount and all this stuff, that in the Appalachian cave system... There may be extraterrestrials or interdimensional creatures mm-hmm. that are using them as uh, hiding areas, rest areas, or whatever you want to call it, bases. Yeah. And that's what the ship was actually going into. And maybe the rainbow exhaust, because that was a weird fact. That, yeah, it uh, was. That, uh, All the colors of the rainbow. That he said it was you know leaking stuff. Maybe, it, let's say the ship was failing, and they kind of knew they were close to one of those entrances. Mm-hmm. And that's what they had to walk through a yard to get there, and it happened to be... The wrong yard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so any backwoods Kentucky yard is going to be the wrong yard. And like any creature, you know, they become defensive once they're maybe shot at. Yeah. So that's where kind of the fight ensued. Grabbed his scalp. Because Mrs. Sutton did say there were several caves on their piece of property. Yeah. So maybe they are trying to actively get from one side of their property to the other to get into the cave system because their ship broke down. Or ran out of fuel or they were just trying to get there. I wonder... Yeah, and the color, the light thing. What if it ran off like a light beam, like proton beam, I don't know, hyperdrive, 
was failing. It's just leaking light out. Sure, I'm, I, I, I don't no idea. know. I mean, that's. I mean, any kind of technology they would have if they're true aliens would be so immense. Right. Yeah. It'd just be like what our government has hidden behind from us. It's funny you say that. The next one. Uh, Good segue. Yeah. So, what are you saying with aliens trying to get to their underground base? I either think it's aliens. Well, aliens. Quote unquote. I don't know. I just don't think. I don't think these beings are from outer space. I don't. Just like you said, the biology. I just don't think. So, uh, with some other being, maybe they were. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think the beings live in the caves. I don't think they were trying to get back to them. I think more likely they came out of them. But that's what I'm saying. What if they were the ship wasn't failing or something like that, and they're just trying to get back? The ship landed somewhere it shouldn't have. Yeah, and then. They happen to see Mrs. Sutton out there with a double barrel. So you think shotgun. these things were in that ship, or they were trying to get to the ship? Maybe they were trying to do that. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that's. And then a- the Sutton, then just happened to be we're lucky went outside to get yeah. water when one of them was kind of out there. Yeah. And then did they ever describe what the ship looked like? Yeah, a silver pill. This oblong. Okay. A very classical cigar. That's right. UFO. You did say that. See, it's a silver again. I think that has something to do with the interdimensional. Sure. I mean, we talked about that with like the black, black and black, like shadow people yeah. and stuff like that. That's in my opinion, and you're. I think you're very similar with my in your my thinking also. The brain it, can't interpret. Your brain can't interpret it, so it just fills in a space with something. Yeah. So you can deal with it. Right. Yeah, I think there's something to that silvery, reflective, like mirror-like, and interdimensional species or craft or technology that's. There's something there. Yeah, sure. I, I am right. I'm there with you. Uh, my next one also deals with Project Blue Book. Uh, this was talked about in the in the docudrama, but it happened. The U.S. government testing how rural Americans would react to crash debris. Hmm. Okay. Uh, where they were, it's not fully proven, but it seems like the U.S. government faked a couple of alien invasions. Yeah. In the fifties, like the L.A. lights or the in Battle the 50s of L.A. and sixties. Yeah, it's pretty early. 1955 is when this happened. Right, yep. So what if it was a essentially a balloon type thing that was leaking sparklers or uh, some kind of smoke flare or something like that? Yeah. Somebody in the middle of Kentucky that's never seen that kind of technology in 1955 and that the goblins were actually Muppets because they even said later on some of the kids that lived you know, way past it, they said they actually had a Muppet-like feel to them. Hmm. So what if these are like Puppets or anima- not animatronics at the time, but, you know, something... That could have been, though. Or pigeons with a suit on them. <laughs> pigeons, yeah. And just testing how the populace, not the Suttons themselves, mm-hmm. but how the populace would react to a person witnessing UFOs. And what did they do? They immediately shunned them and threatened them so bad, they had to leave town forever. Right, yeah. So not good It was the answer. But that's the point. That was They proved what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted to show that... When the UFOs, their dairy version of UFOs, whatever they're doing, would crash or get near a civilization, it would, the people that would try to speak out about it would immediately get shut down. Be demonized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that theory is that this was an American government test. Not saying, the Suttons seen what they seen. Right. They were in fear of their life. I 100% believe that. With this theory, though, is that it was actually fakery. They were on the government side screwing with them. Oh, I can believe that. I can believe that. And it may, maybe they weren't Muppets or, like, they could have been drones back then. We just not privy to. They just had drone technology already. Who knows? Okay, now, here's a here's an insane one for you. All right. They were just drunk. 
probably the right answer. I agree with Haas. No, I'm a little drunk now, He's and smart. I know that didn't happen. He sounds like a smart sheriff and a good upstanding sheriff who probably does all the right things the right way and keeps the innocent innocent and the guilty guilty. And I wonder if he's dead yet because he, he was still talking about this in like 2007. Well, he's like, I guess his 80s? I guess. No, he had to be old, 50s. It's 2007, so 50s. He's in his 90s probably in, his, in 2007, his 80s or 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, probably somewhere in there, yeah. Unless he's a super young sheriff at the time. I think but, he was in his 20s when it happened. So like 70s, 80s? Yeah. Yeah. And 07, you know, he's dead now, probably. Probably. It's 24. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, 24 was a long time from 07, even. Yeah, but, um, a, a, you know, a shill of that magnitude may be kept alive. We'll just keep replacing well. him. Or they keep doing that, too. He still looks the same. So this drunk thing. Now, me and you are kind of known as drinkers. Yeah. Have you ever been intoxicated enough to see things? Hmm. Not that I can recall. I, I'm going to venture that I've probably in one night consumed more alcoholic beverages than you have. Oh, for sure. Uh, I've never seen anything. No, me either. I've never gotten to that point to where I don't think it's possible. And it's the same thing with I think. I pass out before I seen something yeah, that wasn't no, there. Die. You would die. Uh, believe me, as a person that almost had to get their stomach pumped several times, <laughs> you would die. I've never been that far. I have. Like I said, I'll pass out before anything. Uh, but. To say hit the that they wall were very drunk fast. and they all imagine this as a group hallucination kind of deal or a group imagination event, I don't know. It's to me is one of the stupidest things ever described. But it's obviously being used to discredit it for some it, reason. Oh yeah. And I my personal belief is I don't think there needs to be any conspiracy. I think it was Haas wanting to make a buck and hated UFOs and hated, you know, just Yeah. Anyone different. Because mm-hmm. like I said, ninety nine percent of the population said the Suttons were not that kind of people. Yeah. They don't drink. The only people that did was one sheriff from a different place came over and the neighbor they had a land dispute with. This is going to be a very obscure reference, but he sounds like the cop in the movie Tu Wong Fu. He just sound, he, Chris, played by Christopher Penn. If you get that reference, that's Haas for you. Yeah, it had three shots left in it. I definitely heard the thunk that time. Okay, good. Yeah, that's if you get that reference out there. If you if you don't, go ahead and look them up. That's that's Haas. All right, next one. Yes. Uh, this is for Joel. Oh, portal babies. These are the babies. Uh, that some kind of portal, you know, activated on their property or something like that. Like you kind of said at the courts, maybe yeah. you know something opened like, something an impact. Maybe that was a meteor he's seen impacted the quartz belt and opened a portal, crushed quartz, and it charged energy and portals opened. And these are just one of the things that spilled out. That could I I I'm down with that one. Now whether uh, they're portal babies. No, I just said that for Joel. But, okay, but little creatures from somewhere else. And then, yeah, and that may have been why they were acting so curious and so interested. Like, and ooh, then, but the then, claw yeah. it moves. Or maybe actually metal design. Like they're maybe actually metallic creatures. Ooh, like a like a what's that snail called? Like the ironclad snail. Yeah, the ironclad snail. So they're getting hit with bullets, and I'm sure it hurt. But not to a point, it'd be like, you know, us getting hit with an airsoft gun, you know. Right, yeah. Sucked, but probably wasn't like anything actually damaging, unless you hit him in the eye or something. That's why I was just going to say that. You got to be like the uh, That's grandpa. That's why someone wearing glasses. Like, uh, aha, to protect their eyes. Mm-hmm. Like the grandpa from uh, Three Ninjas. Light up the eyes, boys. The stupidest movies you just, I don't know any of them. You never seen Three Ninjas? No. Oh, my goodness. So you you like the Portal Babies? Uh, I, I like that idea. Next one. 
I only found one person on the internet that ever said this, but to me, it, it spoke out. It was me and some random blog. <laughs> Maybe, actually. Uh, so we have some friends that are remote viewers. Okay. And some friends that aren't remote viewers. Uh, like I know of people that are remote viewers that probably aren't you know real close to us. But sometimes it's said that you still manifest when you're remote viewing someplace. Okay. This was at the start of the MK Ultra remote viewing program. So the thought is that this was the MK Ultra remote viewing the area, screwing with the farmers and seeing how people react to remote viewing. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, this is not. I don't have tons of information on this. Yeah. Because it was really one source I found that was talking about that there was a couple cases like this with the extraterrestrial entities between fifty-five and sixty-five. To where they didn't take they they were like purposely screwing with the people right to try to get a reaction and see how they react. So a bunch uh, several people had said that this is probably MK Ultra remote viewing and letting them their I guess souls or spirits be seen in a form, and that's the best the human can rationalize. Wow, these goblins, yeah, that'd be scary. I I can't dispute that at all. I don't know a ton about. MK Ultra. Uh, I'd right. love to have somebody on eventually that was, you know, like an MK expert. Ultra expert. Because uh, I've heard several shows do it extremely well, and I know that I couldn't do it that well. It's just not my kind of thing. Yeah. But it's extremely fascinating. But yeah, what do you think? I can't rule that out because I know I have MK, a lot of these. MK Ultra is insane. I mean, literally insane. And that's just what they've released to the public. So imagine what they're doing in private, you know? I can't even, I can't imagine. So. Next day. So MK Ultra is a maybe. Here's one that I don't think personally holds very much water, but a couple people have put forward. Uh, a local prank gone way too far, whether it's neighborhood boys. Because like I said, they were the Suttons and the family next door didn't like each other. Yeah. Uh, the, no, there'd maybe, be a dead kid. There'd have been a dead kid. Some after. kid throwing cats at the window. <laughs> okay, Oz. And somebody said that, so I had to put it on there. Yeah, it's the sheriff from the town over that was an idiot. I'll say it. <laughs> Try, I was trying to be serious for just a second. <laughs> I couldn't. No, it's not no kid throwing cats at a window. Right, yeah, I, I know. I just got in trouble this morning for not being open-minded. <sighs> well, there's only, there's. I'm open-minded to a degree, but when you start... Throwing cats at windows and having prank, hundreds of bullets flying. flying at them, yeah, probably not that. All right, so no, I got three more for you. I'm I'm all about being open minded, but I'm also about logic. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. Now, come on, even the weird things logically make sense. They do not. Some of the stuff you say to me, you look at me in all seriousness, is something like Emily would say to me. Now, oh, come on, that's just mean. She's in the next room, so I was hoping she heard that. <laughs> uh, next one is just cave critters. <laughs> yeah, throw the UFO out, and for some reason, these cave critters came out. Yep, Dover Demon esque. Well, I don't think you have to throw the UFO out. Like we said earlier, it could have been a small little meteor. Boom, hit, uh, popped it them open. Out. Yep, scared them out. So what what are you going with cave critters? I think it very much possibility. Cousin of the Dover Demon, they just have big ears instead of big eyes. Could be, Which yeah. is another, you know, cave adaptations. They either have really good right. other scent and no eyes or vice versa. And uh, like what I said earlier, that's right over the Mammoth Cave system. Which, yeah, it's right next door, actually. Right. Like, come on. It's right there. And so many of these cryptids we've covered over the past four seasons, now on the starting season five, have, we've speculated, they've been around these cave systems and waterways and but mostly underground cave systems that they're creeping and crawling out of. 
So, yeah, of course, that's going to be on the table. That's got to be on the menu. So, Mammoth Cave and Kelly are in the same forest. Oh, okay, so it's there we go. It's a huge forest, don't get me wrong. It's well, like no. 80 miles long, but... The cave is pretty mammoth. Oh, the cave goes from Chicago to New York to, to Georgia, as far as we've documented. Right, yeah, and that's just what we've... Yeah, exactly, what you just said. Uh, okay, here's where I start getting into some weird stuff. Now, the first one is, these are forest spirits or forest elementals getting revenge or trying to scare people off due to mining. So in the back of the Sutton's property were three dead mines. Okay. Open scars into the earth. Uh, several of the goblins, and I, you know, we'll probably do a goblin part somewhere in season five also. Another more, like, goblins part two. Yeah. A bunch of these goblins have been seen around these cave, not cave systems, around open mining systems. Okay. Like it's a scar on the earth, and these are forest spirits that are either like uh, imagine the white blood cells, right? So when you Coming hurt the earth as an entity, these are the things that either repair or scare you off to fix it. Yeah, yeah. They keep the open sore clean. Well, it worked because look at this. Something's got to run out of town. Yeah, yeah. So, and the mines are not active at the time they were there, but they were active about ten years beforehand, getting okay. the families coal for burning in the summer and the oh. winter. Nice. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think about forest spirits of some kind? Because goblins, these these specific big eared things, mm-hmm. have been seen across many countries, you know, all over the planet. And you know, a lot of times they're not good, but they're not like bad, bad. I guess nobody died in this case. Yeah, I think that they would have went outside long though. They they would get dragged into the mine and sacrificed. <laughs> they have some goblin altar down there. What's for the earth? They just shove you into the hole to fill the hole. Shabulba. Shabulba. What do you think? Uh. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, again, agree with some of that. That could be, a, that could be a possibility. So my last one came from the episode I did with Appalachian Intelligence without you. Okay, a long time ago, and uh, I believe this is one of the things Ryan had said uh, when he was absolutely blitzed out of his mind and yeah. connected all the dots that he did not remember the next day. <laughs> Happens. Uh, check out Appalachian Intelligence. Great show. Love those guys. Uh, but these are the old gods, these little G gods mm-hmm. that have been buried in Appalachia, being released due to mining activities and such. Uh, so there's a whole thought that if, uh, we've talked about on the show, coal becomes sulfuric acid when water runs across it. Mm-hmm. So there's theories that there's ancient entities, and I mean ancient ancients, right, that have been buried underneath the mountains, underneath these coal beds as punishment, as a jail cell, essentially, and that we may have been letting them out. And the one I did on that episode was a story of basically a dragon had crawled its way out of one of these, like in the Tigris Valley, they drilled down into the coal bed, yeah. and they hit, a, they hit a cave, essentially, so they stopped the next day, and they come back, and it looked like a dragon or something massive clawed, it clawed its, its way. way out. Yeah. So what if this is one of those things where these may be a bunch of little G, like, all together, or maybe they're one entity like ants. Yeah. And I'm saying ants are all one entity, but how they move and how they act, they're Ooh. like one thing. Okay. Okay. So what's that called? There's a name for that. Uh, what? Where it's like a bunch of things. Hive but, mind. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's That's one thing. Good way to put even it, yeah. though it's multiple bodies. It's how they react, how they, you know, it's all working. There's no self, sense of self. Um. Right. Yeah. I can, that so could be why, part why of it. They don't have any fear. That's why they don't care about because there's not the, one not, goblin. They're not hurting it. Yeah, as a whole. Because the real thing's back in the woods still, probably mm-hmm. still in the cave. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just realized though, when you said that thing that looked like it clawed its way out, 
nothing came out. You know what happened, right? Mm. They drilled this big hole and they're like, oh, and they left it for the next day, right? Well, there's probably a big bear just fell into like it. loving life and it, whoa, and he gets stuck and he's like fighting for dear life to stay up and then he succumbs to the hole. Yeah, sure. That's probably what more likely. But anyways, now I this whole thing with these little little g gods of the ancient world. So Appalachian Mountains. Here's a weird thing. There's actually an episode coming out in this for season five. Uh, the ties Europe, the you know the Scottish mountains, yeah, are actually the same mountains as the Appalachian Mountains, right? The Highlands of Scotland, yeah, are the same. They're the same piece of rock, yeah, that have been split due to the tectonic plate movements. So that's why they share so many similar entities. Hmm. They're ancient. They're some of the oldest mountain ranges on the planet. Older than sharks. Older than bones. Older than grass. Older than the trees. Younger than the mountains, though, flowing like the breeze. Uh <laughs> John Denver. So what if that's what's happening here is one of these entities or a group of entities was buried and the, the mine shafts finally wore away enough that it let them out of their jail cell. And then they sent these little probes up. Yeah, it's just them coming back onto the surface. I think the last time they would have been out would have been well before dinosaurs, well before, you know, the Permian, you know, all this stuff. Could be some sort of version of that in one way or another. That's all I got for you. I think we've covered about the last 40 minutes has just been what we think could be. Right. If you had to pick one, what are you going with? I like the idea of a meteor crashing. I think you were going to say drunk owls. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> drunk owls, yeah. Drunk owls. Gary Busey out there. Yeah, that's an a, owl. We didn't even put that as a possibility. It's no, just, he was acting as an owl. He was dressed up as an owl being out there method acting. And it wasn't multiple things. It was just him moving just, around so fast. Phasing in and out of reality. Yeah, because he does that. No, I like the idea that the the quartz deposit attracted some Ooh. sort of meteor, pulled it right to that area, boom, hit, opened the cave up, and these creatures lived under there, and they and they popped up, and they're like, hey, what's going on up here? Oh, this looks like a fun place. Hey, guys, come check this. And then, hey, are those, are those kids? And they're like, ah! Right, freaking out inside. Where's my goggles? I dropped them. Like, are those? You got you got kids in there? Gosh, so just okay. So they're pedophile, or they, uh, creepy they want their blood. It's not. Oh, anything. okay. Okay. It's nothing sexual. You. Well, I not I guess. But either way, they want kids. More like a witch, not like. Say they're pedophiles too. Yeah. Might as well be. They're violating their bodies by stealing their blood. That's pedophile. Yep. Interesting thought. So you're going with crashed UFO? Let these things out. I think these were cave creatures that got. Let out to the surface. Uh, any of these can, besides them being drunken owls yeah. and the muggies, any of the rest of them could be plausible. Uh, I'm going to go, I think these are old gods. I think these are some form of super ancient life, whether it be demonic or more even forest spiritual, but was a part of that punishment group that was buried underneath these mountains, these, these ever more ancient entities that are under our feet. Good, bad, and different, don't know. Yeah, but purposely put under the Appalachian Mountains, under the neat, the giant peat bogs for a reason. Mm-hmm. There was a reason the Earth was flooded. Yeah, because monkeys, monkeys in tutus, monkeys with green paint, paint green. shot out of a trebuchet. That has been the season five, five opener. opener. Hopefully, you guys liked it. Uh, the story was a lot of fun, and I think we got into some really interesting thoughts about it. 
Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think, uh, especially if you're on Spotify or whatever. I'll try to make sure I post the pictures on Facebook. No promises unless somebody reminds me. So remind us. Yes. I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Jay Clone. 36. I think I said that, but might be in another episode. No, that was 77. I said that one too. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Cribbins of the Corn Podcast. Remember, the best way to support the show is share it with a friend. But if you are craving more of the J-Clones and more from Mr. E, there's always extra content on Patreon and our paid member space on cryptidsofthecorn.com. We'll catch you next time with more exciting, fun, and informative information. Bye! Bye.